0: So Donald Trump went to where, Indonesia? No. Where'd they go? Singapore. To meet with Kim Jong-un to have a talk about the future of North Korea. And everybody is all kinds of crazy. The left, who cheered for the stupid Iran deal, are saying the deal's no good. Maybe they've learned from experience. And I keep (laughs) seeing... Oh my goodness. I keep seeing people saying things about the human rights conditions in North Korea and how that needed to be fixed. Okay. Can we all just take a step back, take a deep breath, recognize the fact that if Donald Trump is good at anything at all, It's this. This is his thing. Meeting with wealthy, powerful people and getting results. This is what he's been doing since the 80s. For 30 years, the guy's been negotiating big deals with powerful people. And he's pretty good at it. He gets... Donald Trump got Indian real estate moguls to pay him money to put his name on an apartment building he had nothing to do with. This is his thing. This is what he does. So let's take a step back and let him do it. Back when he was tweeting at Kim Jong-un. Everybody was saying he was going to start World War III. In Hawaii, they had some sort of weird fake nuke warning system go off. People in California, entertainers in California, were constantly complaining that Trump was going to get them killed because Kim Jong-un was going to send missiles to California. From the dawn of this regime, from the end of the Korean War which never really ended, it was just a ceasefire. But since the ceasefire that ended our involvement in the Korean peninsula, we have tried threats, we've tried intimidation, we've tried shows of force, we've tried flat out bribery. Thank you, Bill Clinton. We've tried sanctions, which as I've discussed before is a modern day siege, it is an act of war. We've tried tightening sanctions. What brought the North Koreans to the table? Was Donald Trump mocking their dictator? Well, why would that work? Why would mocking a dictator make him want to talk to you? Negotiate and compromise. Because what the Koreans have been doing all this time is bluster. They act big and crazy. They develop a nuclear program. They have a missile program. They fire missiles into the ocean near Korea and Japan. Why? Because you pay them money to stop it. Every president since Eisenhower has dealt with Korea in the same way, an annoying thing they don't want to deal with. And when they're forced, when they have to deal with it, they look for the easiest way possible. And that has been, hey, if we give you a couple billion dollars, will you stop it? And North Korea says, sure, until the money's gone. And then they do it again and the whole world gets ratcheted up. And we start talking about Korea is the axis of evil and blah, blah, blah. They're not the, they're what, what? It's essentially a giant prison with 25 million hostages. We're brainwashed into believing this Kim Jong, whatever thing. And those people are bargaining chips. Because if you don't help them or do what they say or stop them or whatever, people are going to die. So we give them money. It's not that complicated. But people in the media don't negotiate with powerful people. People in Hollywood don't negotiate with powerful people even though they think they do. And most people in business don't negotiate with powerful people. I don't think Donald Trump tweeted out about Rocket Man being short and fat or whatever because he was trying to get him to negotiate. I just think that's his go-to instinct. I think that Donald Trump saw a bully and his go-to instinct was to mock him. I think if you go back the last 25 or so years of Trump's public persona, he's done that time and time and time again. He mocks a bully. I personally think that's what his whole thing with Obama was about. He saw Obama as a bully, which he was. Obama used the presidency to settle personal scores and to take down people who couldn't defend themselves. And I think Trump saw that as being a bully. And I think his natural response was to start mocking him. It's just who he is. But these negotiations, this is what Trump does, man. He got hostages freed before he showed up. That's a victory. If... He had to fly to Singapore and have a half a day talk with Kim Jong-un. And in return, we got three people back in the United States of America, healthy and whole, unlike auto warm beer. God bless Donald Trump. If nothing else came of it. Those are three human beings. But that's not all that's going to come of it. That's not how human psychology works. That's not how people work. You get involved in negotiation and it's a give and take and you recognize that and you try to get something you want and you give something they want and it's a game and you're playing around and you don't want it to end. It's fun. He said they're going to continue talking. It means they're going to continue talking because they want to. They probably both want to. Now, is Kim Jong-un going to introduce uh, Civil rights for all and universal suffrage and a bustling economy and end of the police state and complete liberty and freedom for his people tomorrow and disarm his nuclear thing. And no, no. And anyone who thinks that he is, is out of their absolute mind. And if you think it would have helped for Trump to show up at the thing and say, We're not talking anymore until you agree to totally end the this regime that's now three generations old and if you won't do it i'm not talking to you that would have been the end of the conversation right there the people in north korea have been suffering the exact same way since the 1950s it's been a really long time if it takes donald trump eight years to get a little bit of relief and move towards kim jong-un being the last dictator of north korea So be it. People want to stand to the side and take pot shots, and this is what should be done, and that's what should be done. Those people have never been involved in a negotiation with a powerful person. Kim Jong-un doesn't have to do anything, and neither does Donald Trump. These are two powerful people who have agreed to meet together to have some kind of a negotiation. And in the end, there's going to be give and take, and the United States is going to give Kim something he wants, and he's going to give us something we want. And hopefully it continues for the entire time Trump is president and beyond. Hopefully there's a continued negotiation to move North Korea away from being a cult of personality, communist, cartoon state. And to bring some relief to the people who live there. i pray that that happens. But it's not going to happen today. Kim wasn't going to walk out of there and be like, never mind, I quit, take the wall down, you can have the nukes, sorry about all that. That's not what's going to happen. Let's be realistic. Should human rights be part of a discussion with Kim Jong-un North Korea? Yes. Should the wacky missile testings and the nuclear program be part of the discussion? 100% of course. Are you going to solve all those things in a half a day's conversation? No. That's just idiotic. And for the press to stand there and say it, and for conservative pundits to say it, and probably, like, give, give it a break. Tell me about the negotiation you've had with a with a dictator, and how it worked out for you. And if you can't, if you've never had a negotiation with a dictator, let's just assume you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. If if the United States of America called me tomorrow and said, "Hey, can you go negotiate with uh, Kim Jong Un?" or the Shah of Iran or whoever the heck's in in charge in Iran or Saddam Hussein when he was still alive, whatever. I would say no, no. I don't know anything about that. I am not your guy. (laughs) That's Trump. Trump's the guy. Right? Mitt Romney, for all of his absolute ridiculous, spineless, backstabbing nonsense, should have been the head of the VA because that's what Mitt Romney does. Mitt Romney takes things that deliver poor service for no profit and fixes them. He's been doing that for a long time, and he's really good at it. And the VA needs a guy like that. The VA needs to figure out how to be efficient. And I don't mean save us money as taxpayers. I mean actually treat veterans. That's what the VA needs. needs a guy like Romney to come in and change the entire way the organizational structure works so that the thing works for veterans. And negotiation with a dictator from a foreign country needs Trump. If someone else were president and they said, who should negotiate a deal with North Korea? I would say Trump or someone like Trump. Somebody who's dealt with really powerful people who don't need to agree and negotiated successful deals over and over again. That's the guy. That's your guy. So don't ask stupid questions about whether or not he fixed the human rights problem in North Korea in one meeting. And don't ask if nuclear disarmament is coming tomorrow for crying out loud. if You're going to talk to him about it. Ask him how it went, how he felt it went. Hey, how did it go today? Did you get a good feeling about it? Is it going in a good direction? Cause he's the guy that knows. Something changed in that meeting today in the way he felt about Kim because he came out and said that he felt bad about the Rocket Man stuff and all that, and he shouldn't have done that, right? So they're past the point where he's going to provoke him into a meeting, right? He's gotten that far. He's provoked the guy and mocked and taunted him until the guy agreed to meet with him. So now it's like, okay, well, that part's over. We're going to move past that. Now we're going to pretend we're equal partners when we're not, You can see how it's playing out. He's not a politician. Not everything he says is politically correct. And I don't mean in the PC way, I mean, not everything is correct politically. He's a negotiator, he's a businessman. This is what he does. Do you really think it would be productive for Donald Trump to go into a meeting with Kim Jong-un and lambaste him in public for his human rights abuses? Do you think that would be productive to future meetings and future compromises in the future of this relationship? Ending the conflict in the Korean Peninsula and freeing the people of North Korea once and for all? Do you really think that's the way you'd go? Demand disarmament today, that's, really, that's the way you'd go? Or do you have an opening conversation and try to figure out where everybody's at? Because I would think, and again, I'm not an expert in this, but I would think the first meeting, you would post for some pictures and do all the photo op crap, and you would probably try to figure out what in the world they wanted and what in the world you wanted, and then try to imagine in your own mind how you're going to make it to the middle without giving up too much and without them having to give up too much, how are you going to make it to that common ground in the middle and how far you you think you can get to your direction versus theirs. I would imagine that's what happened today. By the way, this never occurred to anybody before. Nobody has ever, ever, suggested that they wanted to go to Singapore to meet with the dictator of North Korea. We're talking since 1950. Three generations of Kim's running that country, and nobody ever said that. Nobody, no president in my lifetime or, or before ever said, I would like to have a summit meeting with the dictator of North Korea and see if we can't get this figured out. And already, right away, 100% critical from both sides, left and right, man, back off, give it a rest. It's going to be fine. What's the worst thing that happens? The worst possible thing that happens is nothing changes. It's not going to get worse. And I don't think for one second, like I said, it's human nature to want to negotiate, to want to play that game, to want to see what you can get from the other guy and to feel like you won. The ultimate deal, art of the deal, the ultimate negotiation is where both sides think they won. And that happens all the time. I just had a negotiation at work. I think it went very well. I also think, in my heart of hearts, that the person I was negotiating with also, also thinks it went very well. So now we're both happy, which is awesome, because now we want to do it again. That's how people work. So what you do is you make a little deal with somebody like Kim, and I don't know what that looks like, but you make a little deal where he thinks he won and we think we won, and then we want to come back and do it again, because it's fun and it's a game. And I understand there's 25 million people suffering at the same time the game is being played. But there isn't an alternative that saves all those people. You can't go to a war and not kill a bunch of Koreans. That's impossible. And a bunch of Americans. It's not going to happen. So you play the game. You have the negotiation. You see if you can get them over time to loosen up a little bit. I don't think in his lifetime he's going to give up control of that country. And he's a young guy. So you're probably looking at another 40 or 50 years. But what if you could get him to slowly, over the next 40 or 50 years, relax the way they control things and transition over his lifetime to, you know, when he decides to retire or die or whatever the case may be, some kind of suffrage and election, some kind of democracy? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be better than just an endless future of dictators and suffering? Like, when did we get to the point where everything has to happen in a second? This isn't a drive through window. It's not a download. This is like old school, analog stuff. It's two powerful men having a conversation, trying to come to an agreement. It doesn't happen in an afternoon. It's insane. It's insane. Somebody from CNN shouting at Kim, is he going to give up his nukes? That's just a stupid question. You're an idiot. That's a stupid question. The first day of a discussion. Oh yeah, we solved the whole thing. It's all over. The Korean people are free. The nukes are giving up. Kim's going to retire. Everybody's happy. Come on, man. Let's be realistic. There's a lot of ground in between the current state of affairs in, the, in North Korea and where we, the rest of the world, would like North Korea to be. Which is good and bad. It means, yeah, the people there are suffering. I understand that. But it also means that there's a lot of space for them to move into to reduce the suffering of those people and to begin to change their lives. And Kim was educated in the West and he's a young guy. He's the guy. He's willing to talk to Donald Trump. He responded to being mocked and taunted and teased. He's the guy that can do this. He's the guy that with the help of the rest of the world and the support of the rest of the world. and quite frankly probably only through Donald Trump that he's going to be able to start this transition and it can be a great thing for the future of humanity and 25 million Koreans that's so many people and their lives could be better but you got to let this happen and it might take some time they might meet 10 more times I don't know Most likely, they're going to go apart, and their people will start discussing details and bring them back and forth, and they'll figure it out, and there'll be an announcement at some point of the first step of some kind of a deal, a preliminary negotiation agreement. We should celebrate it. But I swear, man, between the never-Trumpers on the right and the, the psycho left, it's like Nobody can say anything nice about the president. And I understand there's the MAGA crowd and they're huge and there's a lot of them and whatever like that and they just say something positive all the time and I don't think that's the right answer either. But Barack Obama, who I didn't agree with on anything as far as policy went, if he did something extraordinary and positive, I would say it. Why not? What do you got to lose? Hey, that's pretty awesome he did that. It's like the pardon of Jack Johnson. You have people jumping up and down saying Trump's a racist. Then he pardons Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson was the first black heavyweight champion of the United States of America, and his crime that he was pardoned of was being married to a white lady. What the hell kind of racist picks that case out of all the millions of cases that are, are uh, all the convictions in the history of mankind and goes, that guy deserves to be pardoned. Well, of course he deserves to be pardoned. He literally did nothing wrong. He met a woman, he fell in love, and he married her. And in America at the time, that wasn't legal. He was arrested, tried, and convicted. And Trump pardoned him. As every president since the president the day that it happened should have done. But if you're screaming and yelling and jumping up and down that Trump is a racist, and then he goes and pardons Jack Johnson, how do you not say in public, I'm happy he did that? Thank you. That's a good thing to do. It's a good thing for America. I don't understand. And this negotiation is the exact same thing. I didn't hear Barack Obama talk about wanting to meet with Kim Jong-un. I didn't hear George Bush or George Bush's dad or Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan or Jimmy Carter. And we can keep going. So all you never Trumpers and whacked out leftists, take a deep breath and let this thing play out. Like You're not Monday morning quarterbacks. You're first drive of the first quarter quarterbacks. Oh, this game plan's never going to work. Well, how do you even know what the game plan is, man? Goodness gracious. So listen, pray for the 25 million people suffering in North Korea. And pray for your president. He does a good job negotiating on their behalf. God bless America. And I hope you all have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on Thursday.